Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports, local leader. sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, yeah. brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset, everything going on in sports all in one spot, it's a little ditty we call the 4 o'clock reset, as always put together by Eric Ruby and Mitch Vereldis, we start with the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant coming up big time on both ends of the floor last night, the Suns get another win with KD over the Thunder. They beat him 128-118. Suns are now 6-0. When Kevin Durant plays, he had 35. Devin Booker added 22 points and 10 assists. He also had 5 turnovers in that game. DeAndre Ayton, 19 points, 11 rebounds. Chris Paul, 16 points, 8 assists. Good win for the Suns. Solid. A little dicey there at times in the fourth yeah, quarter. City cut it to 4, then they cut it to 3. And I mean, they're not getting a rest in the fourth quarter of these basketball games. These are tough games. The Nuggets were a tough game. This was a tough game. I mean, they're not... Then, you know, you think with those four guys, maybe they bury some teams, especially Denver when they didn't have anybody, but they're not bur- They're winning. They're winning, figuring it all out. I'm not concerned about it at all. They're winning. The burying teams thing really hasn't happened yet with the six games for Kevin Durant. Now, Monty Williams spoke after the game about having players like Durant and Booker who shine in crunch time. Nobody talks about with those kinds of players. They want those shots. They're so used to having the ball in their hands. It's call it a luxury because I don't want to disrespect those moments, but guys work their tails off to be ready for those shots and he and Book are case in point. So that's what Kevin does. My apologies for cutting him off. The Suns now sit fourth in the West. They've been there this whole time. They're in fourth after all the action this weekend. The Clippers are in fifth. Golden State is in sixth. A half game back. The Lakers at seventh. The Pelicans at eighth. They're half game back of the Clippers and Golden State. So tight. At fifth and sixth. Yes, so it's tight. It's nice for the Suns not to be in a tight spot. Like you're, they're, they're pretty much locked in. Yeah. They're yeah. not going to lose that four spot. They're going to have home court advantage in the first round and only the first round, unless there's some upsets, which there could be. There could be. Suns have four games left in the regular season. They host the Spurs tomorrow. Clean injury report for the Suns. They then finish the season against the Nuggets on Thursday, at the Lakers on Friday, home against the Clippers on Sunday. We'll see how much the Suns play their guys in those games, depending on what they've clinched. Around the rest of the NBA, Golden State Warriors forward Andrew Wiggins is nearing a return to the team. Is expected to be back early this week, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Yeah, that's huge. That's absolutely huge if they get him back. Now, what kind of shape's he going to be in? How much has he missed? It's been out for a while. It's been out for a while. Like, you know, a couple but, months, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, personal reasons. Like, But that's a big factor if he's right mentally and physically. That gives them a big advantage, and that's why I would fear Golden State more than I would fear the Lakers or the Clippers. Uh, as my friend John Gambadoro would say, not for nothing. Not the for nothing. Portland Trailblazers pulled off the biggest NBA upset in 30 years I yesterday. I saw that. I saw that. They beat Minnesota after they were a 19 and a half point underdog. It's the biggest upset by point spread in 30 years. Portland had nobody. They were missing four starters, including, including Damian Lillard. But they came back to beat Minnesota 107-105. Biggest upset in 30 years by the point spread. Min- well, and Minnesota's Minnesota. got a nice little... T- no Nas Reed. There it is. Uh, no lost, Nas Reed. They've lost three straight. Minnesota has, but they're right now in ninth in the Western Conference in the playing tournament. They and want con- that playing tournament. Congratulations to Mikel Bridges, the NBA's Eastern Conference Player of the Week. He averaged 33 points, five and a half rebounds on 45% shooting from three as the Nets win 3-0. They are very comfortably yes. in the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, he by the way. He is on pace to play 83 games this year. He'd be the first player to do so. 
since Josh Smith in 2014-15 for the Pistons and the Rockets. Wow. So it has happened before. So, and that was 2014-15, Josh Smith, Pistons, Rockets. But he is on pace to play in 83 basketball games this year. Gamba with the nugget. Cardinals draft-related updates from the Arizona Cardinals after rumors started circulating about the Cardinals potentially cutting DeAndre Hopkins instead of pursuing a trade or to keep the wide receiver. Uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport told Pat McAfee he doesn't think that's going to happen. I would be surprised if DeAndre Hopkins was released. I've been surprised before, but based on what I know... If he was traded, his salary would be adjusted. Potentially, if he's back, it could get adjusted. We'll see. That situation is still sorting itself out. The origination of this cutting DeAndre Hopkins idea came from Albert Breer. He appeared on Greg Bedard's post uh, podcast over the weekend and suggested he was hearing that that could happen. I man, I don't see it. Like I don't see it. I get you know somebody's got to give up something for him. Maybe they'd settle for a fourth round pick. I don't know, but he's a good player in his prime. His contract's kind of reasonable, and nobody wants to trade for him? Man. Yeah. Kurt Warner was on Bickley Murata this morning, evaluating all the quarterbacks in this draft, comparing Anthony Richardson to Josh Allen coming out of college. And I think that's what excites people about Anthony Richardson, is going, okay, yeah, we see some of these issues now. Hasn't played a lot of football, uh, but has such a huge upside in all the different things that we could do with him. Yeah, I, listen, the, the, we saw him throw the ball into the ceiling. He throws the ball 80 yards down the field. I mean, he's an incredible physical specimen. He could run. He could, the accuracy was you know, definitely an issue with Florida. They didn't win a lot of games. But, I mean, Josh Allen of Wyoming lost a whole bunch of football games, too. The comparison's real. Diamondbacks look to follow up on this tonight. Now he drops a bunt down first base side. Gratterall tries to glove it, but he missed the ball. One run scores, and the Diamondbacks take a 2-1 lead in the night. Chris Garagiola with the call yesterday on Arizona Sports. The Diamondbacks fashion a split, four-game split against the Dodgers, take despite it. getting outscored 20-7 to in the four games against L.A. 2-2, two and two, baby. 2-2 two and two because their speed can put defenses, a lot of pressure on defenses. You'll, you come out of L.A. For five years, they hadn't won a series there, so you come out with a split, you'll take it. So Arizona's in San Diego after splitting that series. Right-handed pitcher Ryan Nelson gets his first start of the season today for the D-backs facing off against Padres lefty Ryan Weathers. Uh, so you've got Cattell Marte, Kyle Lewis, Lords Guriel, Christian Walker, Evan Longoria, Corbin Carroll, Nick Ahmed, Gabriel Moreno, Jake McCarthy. That's your lineup tonight for the D-backs. Yeah, I got a lot of guys not heading right now, the, the uh, Diamondbacks. It's early. starting pitching will do that over a four-game series, but yes, a lot of guys not hitting. Diamondbacks lefty Madison Bumgarner. I'm going to stand back when I say this so Gambo doesn't explode, or when he does, he doesn't get it all over me. Has been sent back to Arizona to be evaluated by the club's medical team. Send it back to the rodeo. Citing arm fatigue yes. following his start against the Dodgers. That's calf ropings waiting for you, mad bum. <laughs> oh, I love bull riding. The NCAA Men's Championship game between 5th seed San Diego State and 4th seed UConn going down tonight at 620. The Aztecs beat 9th seeded FAU. The Huskies took down 5th seeded Miami Who over the weekend. For? I am rooting for... No, it's just because how you said it. Go, um, I'm rooting. F- I- what was far? Doe, a deer, or a female deer. Far. A long way to run. A long way to run. Me, the man, the a name I, I call myself. Yes. 
far along a long, long way. Yeah. You went out of order. Yeah. I went out of order. Um, who am I rooting for? I, I San Diego State, baby. West Coast. Uh, okay. Well, my friends rooting for UConn. I'm like, you know, screw you guys. I've been in the West Coast since '97. I'm rooting for San Diego you State over UConn. I have to tell you this. I really don't hmm. mean to have anybody to root for. You know who I'm rooting for? How do you? The, the team I put money on tonight before the game. That's the team I'm rooting for. <laughs> That's the team. How, how can you make sure you root for tonight? Who do you want to win? SDSU, because then maybe yeah. the Pac-12 will actually invite them. Eric, <laughs> Eric, who do you want to win the game tonight? I'll go UConn. Let's UConn? keep it in the Hurley family. Keep it in the Hurley Come family. On. See, yeah. you got ever different. Well, three of us have a reason to root. You don't. Three of us pick the team to root for. You like? I don't care. Nah, I don't. Yeah, he doesn't. I just want a good game. I just want a really good game. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. I don't live by your rules, Campo. No, I don't like you. I'm just saying. I, I can't believe that you could watch a game and not have a rooting interest. Like yeah. third seed. LSU led by Angel Reese and their bench dominated second seeded Iowa. Caitlin Clark, 102 85. They what got was the n- controversy with that game. I didn't. Oh, I, she she did the she did the um, I don't do? see you. Um, Angel Reese did the I don't see you gesture to Caitlin Clark after the game. She's getting a lot of grief for the thing where she's the like, LSU I, player did it to Caitlin Clark, yes. or Caitlin Clark did it to the LSU. The player. LSU player did it to Caitlin. Oh, Clark. okay. Yeah, and so she's getting a lot of grief for that. Nine point nine million viewers for the women's championship game, more than the Sugar Bowl. More than the Orange Bowl, more than a lot of college football. That's a legendary coach, games. right? The LSU coach, yes. and that was her first one. Yes, that was her first one. Okay, first I would have rooted for LSU <laughs> to let that coach win <laughs> her first one. Active rooting, Wait, like, first championship for a legendary okay, coach. In my, in my defense, I know in the past we've done a poll on this, and I won handily, right? Like this idea that you need to have somebody to root for. I handily, I might add. So I, he's not wrong. Just no, let me live. Let me live. <laughs> I mean, two. Countries are at war. I need somebody to root for. And even I don't know them. I, I don't see on that one. People die in wars. I'm not really rooting for anybody. No, but I like if one's got to win. Mm-hmm. Gambo's just on the side with a flag. Seriously, Gambo's Gambo's backpedaling now at this point. I'm not backpedaling. I have to root for something. Frankie Collins announced on Friday night he's entering the 2023 drafts. In a, uh, additionally, sophomore forward Jemiah Neal announced he will return. Yeah, Frankie next Collins. Just, he's just trying to. He's not getting drafted. Stop. Frankie Collins getting drafted. That's yeah. that's cool. He's just putting his name out there, trying to generate some buzz and just see, you know, see if there's a chance to play somewhere overseas or something. Win lower level tickets for this Thursday's D-backs home opener against the Dodgers. Text the word baseball the six twenty six twenty for complete details and your chance to win. Again, text the word baseball the six twenty six twenty. Sun swept the weekend. That's great. However, there were flaws. We'll talk about them next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Over the ball on the left side. Back to Durant. Shovels it in the corner. Okogi for three. Shazam! Hooker. Dribbles past Alexander, who reaches in behind him, knocks it away, gets the loose ball, tries for the dunk. It's blocked from behind by Durant. A double dip of the highlights from over the weekend. That was a Kogi's dagger three against the Nuggets on Friday, and that was Kevin Durant's key block late yesterday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Two games which were far, far from perfect for the Phoenix Suns, which left a lot of little things, a lot of little things to nitpick on if you wanted to, but at the end of the day, they won both of them. They have not lost a game with Kevin Durant yet. They're 6-0, and and they are on the precipice you, of the fourth seed. Do you feel like you got to find things to nitpick? I mean, they're 6-0 with Durant. Do, do you feel like we've got to find ways to nitpick you know, about this team? The bench didn't score a whole lot, and Ross wasn't good, you know and they gave I'm, up a lot of offensive rebounds. I'm and, so glad you brought that up. 
I, re- I really am. Okay, tell I, me why. Because honestly, I didn't. I didn't feel like the negatives were worth highlighting over the positives after either one of those games. Okay, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I, I like after there I there were some negatives. Of course there were. Like, but, you know. but after I got done watching the Nuggets game, okay, okay, the Nuggets game was a little different. It's like, come on, guys, really? Twenty-seven point lead, and it's down to five in the fourth quarter. What are we doing here? Right? That that one. But it's not like I got done watching yesterday's OKC game, and I'm like, man, that was so disappointing. The Suns only won by ten. Chiggles just oh. Alexander is so great. Oh, he's he's incredible. I mean, all the free throw line, free throw line, free throw. He's so. Great. He's incredible that he single-handedly kind of brought them back. Because the Suns, okay, so the Suns were blowing out the Nuggets by twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. They were actually blowing out Oklahoma City in the third quarter too. They were by like what sixteen? Fifteen, I think. Yeah, fifteen. I'd go back to my notes. So, like, they were winning comfortably both games. It's just they're not at that point where. How do I? How, how do I? How do I put my pedal to put the pedal to the metal here and, and blow this? this team out. Right. They haven't done that yet. They haven't learned that yet. No. They they, they get they get a big, they let the other team come back, but they always win the game. Right. I, I didn't, and, and that's my point, is that when I got to the end of either of those games over the weekend, it's not like I was more disappointed than happy. It's not It's not like I was like, yeah, they won, but man, this sucked and that sucked and that was terrible and this was awful and this needs to be fixed. I didn't do that after either, both wins. I'm like, okay, good, they won. They won. They won. They're going to be fourth. They're learning to win with Kevin Durant. Things are getting better. This is all a prick. I mean, think about it. Think about this team they've barely played together they've barely spent any time on the floor together and i'm not trying to make an excuse for why they're not blowing out these teams but i do think it's a solid reason to understand that this is only what 12 times 13 times they've had their actual intended starting lineup available to them for a game at any point this season i'm going to Give them a little slack here and cut them a little break and say, okay, I don't, it's, it's okay that you're not blowing every single team out that you play all the time. I, I'm not, I'm not disappointed by what happened this weekend. I'm not looking like for I, the negatives from what happened yeah, this like weekend. Yeah, like I read, like, like, honestly, like 10 stories about how, oh, this is good for the Nuggets. Well, how's that good for the Nuggets? They, they didn't win. Oh, they made a comeback. They made it. Doesn't mean anything. Who cares? Their top four guys weren't on the floor. Right. Oh, but that's good. See, without their top guys, uh, they were able to play and make it a close game. With, ah, even without their blah, top guys, blah, like, yeah, moral victory for the Denver Nuggets. Like, like, Mitch, you're a Nuggets fan. Did you feel like there was a moral victory there after they no. played it close? No, it does like like it's going to be a totally them to different get blown game. Out, though, don't get me wrong. Right? Yeah. They listen. They they came back from 27 down. They played hard. The you know, so I'll give them some credit for that. But I don't know that I don't know that you go into the locker room and you see, we, even without our top guys, we could play with them. Nobody's doing that. I'd be shocked if they did that. Yeah. Plus, I, I, I look. This happens at the end of every NBA season. All right, and you're really gonna see it this week. I think with the Suns, they got four games left. There is not that much left for them to play for. I, I mean, let's be honest. They've kind of been semi locked into this fourth spot for the better part of the last what week or so. Right where yeah, there've been. I, I don't want to make it sound like there haven't been threats. There have. They were only a game ahead in the loss column. They're three ahead in the loss column right now with four games to play. They've got the tiebreaker over just about every it's team done. in the Western it's Conference. It, these games this week are going to take on a very I don't want to call them completely meaningless, but they're going to get to that kind of phase where there's just not going to be a whole lot on the line. And Monty's going to be, I think, careful about how he plays guys, knowing there's not going to be a whole lot on the line. But but the, being that that being that for what it is, yeah. 
not everything was rainbows and daffodils this weekend for the Suns. 27-point lead against the Nuggets, and it came down to five in the fourth quarter. Yesterday against Oklahoma City, another game where it was a parade to the free-throw line for the Thunder, where the Suns got killed on the offensive glass, got outscored by 15 points on second-chance points yesterday. Booker had a bunch of lazy turnovers, and it wasn't perfect yesterday. But the one thing I took from yesterday's game was was just not that it's a surprise. Man, it's so fun watching Kevin Durant do KD things for your team, isn't it? Isn't it so much fun? So much fun. Watching him just get in block that shots, space. Oh. Pass the basketball. Uh, that block shot was amazing. I mean, that block shot was, 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 I think it was right after a Booker turnover. And I'm just trying to look at my notes here. And then he came back and had this incredible block. And I'm trying to think who was it on. Because that, he started complaining. Whoever it was. It was Shea. It was Shea Gilders Alexander. Gilders Alexander. Gilders Alexander. Gilders Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. He's like looking for the foul right away and uh uh-uh. rest yeah. like not give me that call. Yeah, just a terrific play. Clean. Yep. And uh you know, so yeah, Booker had the turnover. Shea Gilgis Alexander misses the dunk. KD blocks. It was a minute and forty left. That was a huge sequence because right after that, Chris Paul hits the three pointer yep. and that's ball game. Yep. You know, so that was a big, big play uh by Kevin Durant. Three point, you know, he got fouled, goes to the free throw line, he hits a corner three with six nineteen left. He hits another corner three. It's just it, it was a very Dominant performance by him. And that's, look, this is the, and I'm not telling anybody anything you don't already know, but this is the beauty about Kevin Durant. Devin Booker yesterday, he had 22, 10 assists, he had five turnovers, there were a couple of lazy passes. Yeah. You can survive a game like that when you've got Kevin Durant, right? And there are going to be nights when Kevin Durant, look at what he did against Minnesota. Right. He missed 13 of his 18 shots. They survived it because Devin Booker had a good night. I'm going to bring this up because, I, you know, last year the Phoenix Suns played a game last year. You'll remember this. The Phoenix Suns played a game against the Milwaukee Bucks. They did not have Devin Booker in the game. They did not have Chris Paul in the game. And they led... They were, uh, they were, it was, it was like, I think it was like tied going into the fourth quarter. Like it was a really, they ended up losing mm-hmm. 132, 122. But they, they were ahead after the first quarter. They were ahead at halftime and they were down by one going into the fourth quarter. And it was a back and forth fourth quarter. Milwaukee pulled away the last couple of minutes. Like, like we didn't sit there as Suns fans. Like, oh my God, look, they could play with Milwaukee. They, there was no Booker and there was no Paul, and they played them. Didn't mean anything. No, oh, they played hard. Good, good for them. They played like as a, as a, I remember, I was talking like, okay, they played hard. It was like, oh my God, that's a sign that they could beat Milwaukee. No, it's not. It doesn't mean anything. Of course, it doesn't not. mean anything. Of course, not. you think that they would? You think Milwaukee was playing that? Like the same thing. You think the Suns were playing their hardest against the Nuggets when there was no Jokic, no Porter, no Murray? I think they were for two and a half quarters, and then as soon as they got up they by got, 27, they, they downshifted. Yeah, yeah, they, they got, they got bored. bored. You're like, yeah, okay. Same thing. Milwaukee Phoenix last year. Milwaukee Phoenix last year. People will remember that game. Yeah. Oh, I remember it well. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't remember. Suns played really hard. They made a hell of a game. Like super positive out of it or anything. Of course yeah, not. So, of course not. Um, so the Suns, look, we're, I, I mean, I hate to say this, we're still like two weeks away from really, truly meaningful basketball for the Phoenix Suns. I, I mean, if I'm, we really are. Are, right? Like, I mean, this week they get the fourth seed locked up, assuming that happens at some point in the next game or two. Then you got to get through the play in tournament. So you'll be off, you know, basically a week for that. Then the playoffs will start and then we'll really see. Then we'll really see when the competition gets ramped up, this team, just how good it can be when it all matters, when the other team's trying yep. their ass off, mm-hmm. too. And I can't 
wait for that. And moment. they'll have a different level of yes. how they play in that game. No doubt. Text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Speaking of teams that got wins this weekend, the Diamondbacks did something they have not done in a half decade. We'll tell you what it is next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Now he drops a bunt down first base side. Gratterall tries to glove it, but he missed the ball. One run scores. Carroll to third, and the Diamondbacks take a 2-1 lead in the night. Chris Garagiola with the call yesterday. Jake McCarthy's drag bunt single leading to the win yesterday against the Dodgers. And a thing that has not happened since 2018. The Diamondbacks leave Dodger Stadium and they didn't lose the series. It hasn't happened in 2016. Five years. Five years. You can say all you want about, like, you know, the, the offense or the rotation. Oh. Two and two. They split with the Dodgers. That's good. It's a good sign. Look, we live in a results-oriented world, right? And, and I, I get we it. We live in a world with walls. And those walls need to be guarded. Those by walls need to be guns. guarded. Who's going to do it? You, you, Lieutenant Weinberg. <laughs> I think it's the greatest scene in movie history. It might be. It I think it's well the be. single greatest scene in movie I will, history. I, this is my solemn promise mm. to you and everybody listening right now. I will never not watch that scene to completion if I stumble upon that movie. Like I know if I'm within five minutes away from that scene, mm. I'm like, honey, wait. Just so wait. So I have it taped. Okay. So I could always, it's you know, I just could always go to the clicker and just... If you wanted to. I but could just watch it. But there's something special about it. just stumbling on it accidentally. Like you're just flipping around looking for yeah. something to watch. Like, ooh, few good men. What, what, what part? And then when you see you're close mm-hmm. to the big Jack Nicholson, you know, Tom, uh, uh, Tom Cruise showdown at the end. I'm like, I just, I got to wait and see that whole thing. And then, yeah. then I can leave. I, don't, I recorded do it. So it's kind of just on there. And yeah. so if I, I don't know, just haven't deleted it. Uh, how do we get on that topic? I have no idea. We, okay. Process matters. I'm not saying it doesn't. Getting out scored 20 to seven. Okay. That that matters. Diamondbacks starters weren't very good. Dodgers starters were great. The Davies offense, was good. Davies was Davies good. was good. You're right. Davies, Davies was, was good. good. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I want to lump them all together. Diamondbacks offense really struggled all weekend long. Dodgers starters are going to do that. But at the same time, in the world of professional sports, at the end of the day, results matter. I don't care how you got there. You're two and two. You split a series against the LA Dodgers. You're walking out of Chavez Ravine, mm-hmm. having not lost a series for the first time since 2018. You're happy. I don't care how You're you happy. got there. That yep. matters. You're happy. Yep. yep. Listen, there were there were the two games that they got beat. They got clobbered. Okay, so the two games they got beat, they took uh, those were bloodbaths for them. They were outscored twenty to seven in the series. Now let's go with the two games that they lost. The Dodgers had eighteen runs and twenty hits in the two games that the Dodgers won. But in the other two games, they had two runs and nine hits. So the Diamondbacks held them to two runs and nine hits over two games. Like that's a great job. The rotation wasn't great. Gallon got four and two thirds innings. Kelly was out or three and two thirds and you know Bumgarner got to four but he got lit up Davies went five strong on Sunday the bullpen ERA was 5.29 but overall I thought the bullpen did a pretty good job I mean that ERA is a little misleading because there was definitely some games especially yesterday where they go four scoreless innings out of the bullpen without giving up a hit that was pretty big so in the two games they won they got good bullpen yeah I, I felt like the bullpen number was a little bit <laughs> deceiving it's even it's easy to look at the 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 ERA and say no good, but Dre Jameson was really good on Friday night. Mm-hmm. He was basically, 
Tory said after the game, he's the reason why we won this game because he came in a relief of Merrill Kelly because Kelly just couldn't get very deep into that game. Jamison was really good. The one-two combo of McGuff and Andrew Chafin have been really good to start the season so far. And Tory's been good to his word. He doesn't have a set closer. He's he's doing it just kind of off a of feel and kind of off of matchups. And so far, so good when it comes to that. And I really Wait, like... When we have, when's the last time we've ever said that? So far, so good with the bullpen. So far, so good was just going by matchups. It's the truth. So I, know, far. I know. I yeah, know. But, I know. It, but, but to your point, it has been a long time. Like, it's, it used to be that bullpen door would open and you were just like holding your breath to see who was coming out and what they were going to do and oh what, sort of, what sort of lighter fluid they were going to pour on the open flame. Not so far. I mean, so far they've come in and, I mean, Chafin on Friday night was good. And McGuff last night, yesterday afternoon was, was good. He was great. Jameson was great. That swing and miss slider he had, Dodgers couldn't touch um, him. I love that. Couldn't I, I lay love- a Finger yep. on his stuff, right? You know, he's he's he looks pretty good. Four year, last four years he was in Japan, so that was his first career save, right? Or his first save? Yeah, it was his first, first career, career save, save, I think. Yeah. First career. And then Jody Jackson interviewed him after the game was over, and he was very excited. He was very happy. I mean, first major league save, and he was good in Japan for four years. I got a hint over the summer that they, you know that once guys get posted and stuff, the Diamondbacks might look to you know to Japan for a player, and that's the guy they got. I thought it might have been a starter, but they ended up getting a reliever, but. Still Still, you know, that's a good find by Mike Hazen to go get that guy because he looks pretty good so far. And there were just these little things over the weekend that were different. The bullpen was different for sure with how they used it. I'll tell you something else that was different. You brought this up earlier in the show and it was a really good point. Friday night when they beat the Dodgers 2-1, Kyle Lewis hits the two-run homer in the eighth for Mm -hmm. them to get the win. The pinch hitters that Torrey was able to bring into the game at that point. Three consecutive right-handed bats that could do some damage. And that Longoria had the double and Kyle Lewis had the home run. And those were options that weren't Dodgers always there last year. The pitcher was Vessia, who's a lefty. Yes. So you got a lefty on the mound. And so the Dimebacks go righty, righty, righty. And then eventually you get the you get the home run by Lewis. Just crush that thing. Well, he had been 0 for 4. He went 0 for 4 in the first game with three strikeouts. Like, oh, it doesn't look very good. But then he took advantage of that and pitch. not just like average righty, righty, righty. Good righty, 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 right? Like Longoria's against left-handed pitching. Wasn't it Ahmed first? It was Ahmed first. Longoria's numbers against lefties have been good the last couple of years. Right. Kyle Lewis was the rookie of the year. A couple. It's a it's a higher quality righty, righty, righty yeah. than the maybe past, some of the guys they had last year. Stone Garrett. Yeah. Not much major league experience. Strikes out a lot. Um, I liked him, but like having an experienced guy with Ahmed, an experienced guy with Longoria, a guy who was a rookie of the year, it's different. It's di- What you bring off the bench now is a lot different. You feel a lot more confident because there's experience there. Yeah. Now, you know. They hit 197 so far as a team. They have one walk because so far guys, as a team. You know? I, I know, I, I know. I mean, yeah, the Dodgers pitching is really good. Yeah, Kershaw really. was great. You're, you're, you're talking Arias about like Cyborg. Arias is to me like that guy's that guy's not human. Yeah, no. The, the starting pitching for the Dodgers. All right, Julio Arias, Dustin May, Clayton Kershaw, Noah Syndergaard combined for 25 innings. They gave up 15 hits, one walk. 25 strikeouts and four 25 runs. 25 strikeouts. It was it was nuts. I mean, they they just they they 
shoved it in the Diamondbacks' face all weekend long. And you came away with a split. And you came away with a split. And now... You've got four more games against the Dodgers next week, and then you've got five left against them the rest of the year. Right. You know? Now, let's see how they do in these two games against the Padres, because the Padres are equally as fearsome with what they bring to the table. Um, and let's you know, we'll talk about Mad Bum a little bit later. Then the starting pitching. Look, the offense, we expect it to be better. They're obviously not going to hit 197 all year. It's just four games. Starting pitching needs to get better, needs to get deeper in games. Zach Gallon was just okay. Merrill Kelly didn't give up any runs, but he couldn't go deep in the game, and he walked four guys. Mad Bum was a disaster, and Zach Davies was surprisingly, pleasantly good yesterday. He was. Uh, not a big fan of his, but he pitched a really good ball game, and then the bullpen was lights out. They didn't give up anything in that bullpen. But yeah, listen, I mean, Mike Hazen brought Davies back. I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, I thought they could do better. Now, you've mentioned this. Like, they've got guys they've got guys waiting in the wings for whoever falters. But you've got Brandon Fat. You've got Dre Jameson. You've got plenty of guys that could come in here and start at a quality level that are, you know, I think better guys than guys you had in the past that were coming in and pitching. You know, guys who have just a much better makeup. Um, like, who was the kid that threw the no-hitter? He's like a nice pitcher, but he's not. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah. Tyler Gilbert. Like, he's he's okay. Like, he's okay. Man, but he doesn't throw the ball 95 miles an hour like some of these these other guys do. So, I like the guys who would swing and miss stuff that they've got that are eventually going to be in this sort of yeah, those power and those power arms in the bullpen too. That's a like nice three change. guys to throw ninety five. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's it's, a, it's a again, necessity. These little subtle tweaks to the roster, right? That we're talking about, whether it's the the bullpen, whether it's the righties off the bench. Those little subtle tweaks are very, very necessary. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, this report we both saw today could be the smokescreen to end all NFL draft smokescreens, or it could be an invitation for the Cardinals to trade out of the number three spot in the draft. We'll tell you what it is next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo, Arizona sports, the local sports leader. Something that's what a poll question of the day. Let's go check in with Eric and see where things stand here on this Monday afternoon. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Rubes, what's cooking? There are only four games left in this Suns regular season. In case you forgot who they'll be playing, next up is Tuesday against the Spurs, Thursday against the Nuggets, Friday at the Lakers, and then back home Sunday against the Clippers. Our question today is... Will they win out? Yes or no? Split into two options. No, they'll just lose one game. Or no, they'll lose two or more of the remaining four. They'll lose a game. They'll definitely Might lose. not play for something in one of the games. They'll, they'll definitely lose a game. It's, just, it's hard to know when are they going to clinch four and what are they going to do when it happens, right? Like, So trying to predict how Monty, like, does he does he back off guys' minutes or does he keep playing them because they haven't had a lot of playing time together and they could use the reps. Um, I, I'm changing my answer. I, I said two. It's one. 
It'll it'll be one. I, I think there's value in continuing to play them so they can get used to each other. I think they lose one of the four. Yeah. Even though there's not going to be a lot for them to play for, I think, here in another game or two. And that's what the audience is going with as well. At 56.9%, they believe the Suns will lose one out of the remaining four. But in second place, a strong 31.8% think they win out this regular season. 11.4% thinks they'll lose two or more. All right. That's a poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. On Twitter is where you can find it. And as always, we appreciate you following us on Twitter and playing along with the show as you're listening. This yep, is well, we still have our blue check marks. Well, we don't on the Burns and Gambo show, right? I don't think that has a blue check mark, or does no. it? It does? Oh, it does? Oh, okay. I didn't, I, Saturday, we were supposed to have our blue check marks taken away by Elon Musk. But I, I, it never happened. It, never, it didn't happen. It, it doesn't mean you just talk about the polls going, and you <laughs> realize he would lose the Twitter poll question of the day. Yeah, I, I, my apologies. I, for, I didn't realize Burns and Gambo was verified check. All these guys are kind of a big deal. the bird logo to the Doge logo. That's it so far? That's all he's done? Yeah. I mean, among other things that right. I'm not a fan yeah. of. We'll but. see. We'll, 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 just, we'll, we'll see. We'll save the Twitter commentary for another day. I like Instagram. <laughs> do you now? Yes. I do. I like Instagram. Some days I can get caught just watching reels for like 20 minutes at a time. Was, what are you doing? I, I, just, I like the I reels. This has been the most intriguing rumor of the NFL draft of the day. Came from Peter King's Football Morning in America column this morning. Trying to predict what's going to happen with the first four picks in the draft. What the first four teams picking in the draft will do on draft night. I'll tell you what he said about the Cardinals in a second, but let's go to Houston at number two. Okay. Because this got everybody talking in the NFL today. Um, He writes, Houston, Texans have to pick a quarterback, or do they? He writes, the Texans pick 12th in addition to second. With that pick and two first-round picks next year, is it impossible to think they would take the cleanest prospect in this draft, Will Anderson at two, and get their quarterback slightly lower, somewhere around the fourth pick or after? Wow. Here's a quote from one league personnel man. It's a stretch... But I could see Nick Casario taking Will Anderson. Wow. Then using his second first round pick and trading back up to get his quarterback this year. Where? Well, you've got 12 and two first next year. So trade with so 12 Arizona? first next year to trade with Arizona, trade with the Colts, trade with Seattle, trade with, you know, move back somewhere that tra- the Lions. If they take maybe? Will Anderson, all the incentive is in the, in the world is for the Cardinals to trade the oh, pick. There's, I'm going to take Will Anderson too, but I'll trade you my first round pick, number 12. And I'll trade you next year's first. I'll throw in a couple other things or a lot of other things to move up to three and still get the quarterback that I want. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's their dream scenario. They get Anderson and, and, and the quarterback. Maybe the Texans' dream scenario is that they get those two guys. Maybe. And that would be a hell of a draft if they did. If they were now, it would cost them some inventory next year. Oh, it would cost year. them a lot of inventory. You, know? you said they got two first next year? Two first next year. So they give up number the 12, 12 pick this year. Yeah. They would give up a third rounder this year. They would give up a first round the next year and a second round the next year. And then maybe something else. Because again, to get from, because now you're bumping the Cardinals down to 12. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a long way to go. Yeah. That's that pretty far down. Not moving to five or six, or you're moving to twelve is a pretty far jump. The, uh, drop. The Houston Texans taken Will Anderson at two, a quarterback at three. The Cardinals moving down to twelve, getting Houston's first rounder next year, second rounder next year, maybe some other inventory this year too, or or more than that. Um, it's it's it now with the Cardinals. You know, if the card, how badly do they want Will Anderson? I mean, all these are good questions, but you're right about one thing. And there's no doubt. 
if the Texans defy conventional thinking and take Will Anderson at number two, yeah. there is no way the Cardinals are staying at three. They're gone. They're gone. Because now there's one quarterback gone. Yeah, who either, you, who either Bryce take? Young Jalen or C.J. Carter? Stroud. Right, either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud's on the board at three. Tyree Wilson? Someone's going to want that pick. Gonzalez? Sadly. Imagine if you had to stay at three and make a pick and Anderson's gone. Tyree Wilson, probably. Right, the second best edge rusher over the top cornerback in the draft from Oregon? See, here's the thing about these these quarterbacks, too. Like, okay, 2018. If you're the Jets, would you take Sam Darnold all over again? Would you take Zach Wilson all over again? <laughs> would you take Sam Darnold? Would you take, if you're Cleveland, would you take Baker Mayfield if you can go back and do it again? Of course you wouldn't. Would the Cardinals have taken Josh Josh Rosen? Rosen? Of course not. I mean, every year, like these, these highly, all these quarterbacks are there and there's all these mistakes that are made. I mean, would, would uh, Washington have drafted Dwayne Haskins? You know, like, like, you know, you could question the Kyler Murray one. Uh, Daniel Jones was in that draft. Yeah. It's just a lot of like a lot of mistakes oh. are made with these when you're going for these quarterbacks each year. So many, so many mistakes, and and you know, but that's where we are as a league. It's where we've been as a league for 20 years now, where the quarterback position just has such intrinsic value to it that you you have to take chances like that. And if it doesn't work out, like if you're the Jets, okay, you didn't Sam Darnold didn't work out, you move on to Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson doesn't work out, you move on to Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, that's it's just yeah. the nature of of this league, and it's the nature of that position. I, I part of me. I mean, look, look. There was a mock draft we talked about two weeks ago. Anyway, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Bucky Brooks, in which he suggested that Will Levis wouldn't even go in the first round, and Anthony Richardson was going to go like at number twenty. And we talked about it. And we said, okay, if if that happens, if Richardson and Will Levis aren't you know like top ten picks, then the Arizona Cardinals will have no choice but to stay there and take Will Anderson. It yes. forces them to take Will Anderson. Yes, this does just the opposite. If Will Anderson goes number two, Cardinals have to trade. If you want the Cardinals to trade, Will An- if that's your goal in this draft, if you're a fan, Will Anderson going number two is the best news you can get because it will the the offers coming to the Cardinals will blow your mind. Blow and your then mind. it's a lot easier to accept the trade. I guess oh, nothing sure. you do couldn't get Anderson, do. right? Nothing I could do. It's couldn't like, get him. It's like we've talked about with drafts in year pass, right? Like like you've got two great players in some ways. Like when Jalen Carter and Will Anderson were one and two before Carter had all of his legal troubles. In some ways, we were talking about it's almost great to be the second team picking in the draft. Yeah, because you don't have to choose. You just take the one that's left. Mm-hmm. I don't have to make a choice. I just get the one that's still there. Jalen Carter's agent said today that he is not working out for any teams instead of, that are outside of the top ten. What is true? He is house no. going in the top ten. Yeah, he will not work out for anybody that's not in the top ten. What? Today, does Drew Rosenhaus I might know. know that somebody's like, if he's there at 8 or 9 or 10, I'm taking him. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, in this same story, Peter King, when asking when about what the Cardinals will do on draft night, his suggestion is do not trade the pick until draft night, if at all. That would be his suggestion. He writes, the Cardinals, who might be 32nd in the league in talent, are in a good position here. They sit at 3-34, and and in his opinion, it is worth passing on Will Anderson if it means picking four times in the top 50 50 of a good draft instead of two times in the top 50 of a good draft. Quantity or quality? I mean, it really comes down. Now, can you get quality inside inside of the quantity? You can. 
Just because you got four in the top 50 doesn't mean you're not going to get quality there. But at two, like uh, at three, like there's quality in, in Anderson. Like there's quality there. Yeah. Legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy, has announced his retirement. We really want to hear from you on this one. Text <clears throat> Al to 620-620. Submit a video, a thank you Al message. You've been hearing some of them. We might even play it on the air. Text the word Al to 620-620 and get in on that. Speaking of Al McCoy and the Suns, the stats behind the Sun's new Big Four are astounding. We'll do a deep dive next on the Burns and Gambo Show.